The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the available lines ahead of the college basketball tournament on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. So download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Hey there, Buffalo Bills fans. Welcome back to Believe, a Buffalo Bills fan podcast here on buffalorumblings.com and everywhere else you go to find your podcast. We are so glad you took the time to stop by and check out our thoughts as the Buffalo Bills travel to Foxborough to take on the evil empire New England Patriots. This is the most meaningful game the Bills have had in Foxborough in quite some time. It's going to be exciting to see how things play out for these Buffalo Bills as they get ready to take on the Patriots in a game that has AFC East divisional title aspirations. If the Bills can somehow knock off their nemesis from the New England area, the Patriots, and get a win, that would mean them still alive in the hunt for the divisional title. Of course, the Dolphins would have to do the Bills a favor and knock off New England in Week 17. But before that can come to fruition, the Bills have to take care of their end of the bargain. And uh, with Buffalo going into New England with higher hopes than normal, we uh, want to break down this game for you here on Believe. My name is John Boccasino being joined by my colleague Jamie D'Amico. And uh, Jamie, this game feels different than a lot of Bills-Patriots uh, games in the past. Uh, what do you give the Bills chances heading into the game on Saturday night? Well, unlike normally, I give them a, a, a puncher's chance in this one because it looks like they're on the rise, the Bills, uh, while New England seems to be kind of, uh, well... Uh, they're not very convincing for a team with only three losses right now. They, You see some chinks in the armor, and they seem like they're a little bit vulnerable. I, uh, after, after the way the Bills played them in the first game, I, I, I think that we're going to see a close one, and I would not be surprised if Buffalo walks out with the win. It took four uh, tries. The Bills had four cracks at taking the lead over the Patriots once Josh Allen went out with his concussion. Matt Barkley was unable to get the job done. The Patriots also relied on a blocked punt for a touchdown in that victory, a 16-10 to decision at New Era Field in Week 4. These teams have uh, greatly changed over the course of the, the 10 weeks You know, since that matchup. The Patriots are a shell of themselves, but they still do have number 12, Tom Brady under center. And even though his offense is struggling mightily and Julian Edelman, his key weapon is really 
uh, nursing a knee injury that hopefully the Bills can take advantage of on Saturday because he has not looked like the dynamic receiver that uh, the Patriots have come to rely on over the past couple of years. Jamie, I think there's an opportunity for the Bills to really make a statement. Every time Buffalo has gotten a win over New England, there's kind of been an asterisk mm-hmm. to it. You know, there was there was that game in Foxborough the year Brady was suspended uh, for Deflategate and they beat Jacoby Brissett and uh, that game did not feel satisfying even though they shut out the Patriots in New England uh, the 16 to nothing. That game did not feel like it was really a true you know, triumph because the Patriots weren't playing at full strength. There was a season finale a couple years ago where the Patriots played Brady for the first quarter, maybe the first half. Uh, but it, again, they didn't really have anything on the line and the Bills pulled off a win in a game another season where they weren't headed to the playoffs. This year, this game, this magnitude of the matchup, it's incredible to feel the hope uh, that is permeating around Western New York. And I just hope the Bills live up to that hope. I feel this team is different than past years. I know that we've we've convinced ourselves before that past Bills teams have a chance to knock off the Patriots, but call me crazy. I legitimately feel like the Bills do have the upper hand in many areas of this matchup on Saturday. We've talked about statement games in the past, and there have been a few of them this season. Uh, the Bills haven't always passed the test in the statement games, uh, but they have recently when they've been on national television, with the exception of the Ravens game. Now, I think it would mean a lot for the team's confidence to beat their old nemesis, because despite the fact that they're on the field and they're doing film studies, reputations reputations loom large in the NFL. And you can see that when it comes to Pro Bowl voting. For example, go back a bunch of years, how good was Reuben Brown actually, or was he just getting by on reputation? I always thought he was more reputation than player, but once the word gets out, they keep putting him back in uh, to the Pro Bowl. I think in a lot of ways, New England could be that. Even though they look vulnerable right now, the players themselves believe that they're elite. They're the Super Bowl champs. They seem to be that almost every other year. And I, I think that I think that when it comes right down to it, their confidence would be riding super high going into the playoffs. And I think that's exactly where I want them to be at this time of year. And I think that that confidence would only skyrocket, of course, with a victory on Saturday afternoon in Foxborough. If Buffalo were to get that 11th win on the year, the Bills already have a playoff berth clinch. They will be at least the five seed in the playoffs, but they can go a long way towards winning over more of the doubters with a big win on Saturday. Now, Jamie, a lot has been made of how Buffalo had chances you know, to win this game the last time the teams played in New Era Field. It was 16 to 10. There was a blocked punt for a touchdown. The Bills also were missing one of their more dynamic weapons in Devin Singletary, the talented rookie who missed that game with a hamstring injury. Now, I know that we can be concerned about the fumbling issues that the rookie has shown, especially in Pittsburgh when there were two fumbles uh, that he put on the turf that nearly cost Buffalo. But I think that this offense, you know, Josh Allen, I think, has learned a thing or two from his four turnover performance uh, in week four. And I think the offense is going to be predicated on a different strategy than it was the first time around when these two teams met up back in Western New York in week four. I'm so excited to see what Brian Dable dials up for this offense with Devin Singletary, because let, let me, let me break some news to you folks. I know Bill's fans are PO'd at Stefan Gilmore. He is one of those persona non grata in Western New York, 
fans are still pissed at the way that he left the Bills and went to the rival Patriots. Don't throw at Stefan Gilmore on Saturday. Nope. Do not learn a lesson from what the Bengals did not do in week 15 when Andy Dalton somehow decided to challenge Gilmore repeatedly, and he had two interceptions. He and Trey White are tied for the league lead with six, but you do not throw the ball towards Stefan Gilmore. It is just not going to end well. I hope that the Bills learn a lesson off of what the Bengals failed to do last week. It's hard to be angry at Stefan Gilmore for accepting $14 million a year to go to a perennial Super Bowl contender. It's, uh, of course, they're within the division and you don't want to do it, but there's no way Buffalo was offering him that much money. You got to go where the uh, where the dollar signs are. So I, as much as I would have loved for him to continue to be a Buffalo Bill, I I get it. So you know, to quote Chris Rock, I don't condone it, but I understand it. <laughs> anyway, uh, speaking of the Buffalo Bills offense, um, I really nerded out this past week looking at the New England defense, and I'm about to get kind of wonky here, but they have a system that confuses the hell out of young quarterbacks, which is what they seem to use against all of them, except for Deshaun Watson, and I'll get to that in a minute, but the plan that the Ravens came up with was straight out of the New England playbook, which is the cover zero. So, John, can you bear with me for a minute while I get really wonky here? Hey, let's do a deep dive, Jamie. Go for it. All right. So for those who don't know exactly what that is, we've talked about it a lot since the Ravens game, but the cover zero means that the safeties both come up in the box instead of playing in the back of the defense over the top covering receivers. So when you go into that, it's basically a blitz package. It's an all-out blitz package, depending on how many receivers are going out into routes. So if there are, if there are say, up to five people that are going into routes, um, they will be covered man-to-man. So for every one of those offensive players that stays in the block, there's going to be a blitzer. Now, the way it's set up, there's always one extra player who's going to be unblocked uh, when it comes to the blitzing. So that's kind of the beauty of the cover zero is that they have more pass rushers than you have blockers. Okay, so that is what that is what New England has been doing to young quarterbacks, but they do it in a slightly different way. The way they set it up is when the ball is snapped, All the players begin rushing for a step or two, but the players who are blitzing that appear to have a blocker assigned to them stop and retreat into coverage. And what that has done is not only caused Josh Allen to have his worst game of the season and created a blueprint for what the Ravens did, but also it's confused the heck out of Pat Mahomes and Sam... Uh, Sam Darnold actually said that he was seeing ghosts out there because it looks like the whole team is blitzing at you. And the next thing you know, there's people in coverage that you didn't expect to be there. So again, the only person who actually ends up blitzing is the one who is not covered by a blocker. It is a crazy thing that they do. And that is exactly what has happened to get the best of Mahomes, Darnold, Allen this season. Now, the one who they didn't do it against is Deshaun Watson. And I'll explain to you exactly why. 
it's because Deshaun Watson has a lot of tape out there where when he's facing a cover zero, he does exactly what you're supposed to do with the ball. He locates DeAndre Hopkins on the outside and he throws long. So remember all of those passes that we saw going long early in the game against the Ravens, John? I do. Right. That's because that's exactly how you're supposed to break a cover zero by going over the top of them. Now, it's incumbent upon Josh Allen to actually complete those passes. Okay, I'm tired of hearing myself speak. What do you think? How are they going to break that? <laughs> yeah, no, I think it's definitely a key concern is how, you know, what, what Buffalo is going to do to prevent this really talented, you know, Patriots defense from confusing Josh Allen. I think that Josh has come quite a far ways since that week four matchup. He threw three interceptions against New England that day. He's thrown three since. He has shown some maturity. Now, he has still struggled again, like you mentioned, against these heavy blitz packages out there that the Patriots are going to offer. But I think one of the keys is going to be, again, getting the run game going, you know, getting Devin Singletary on track. He, again, was not there for the week four matchup. He can be a valuable weapon both as a runner and as a receiver, but also Cole Beasley. I know that Beasley had a battle of the the drops that he was going through last week in Pittsburgh. The Bills need to find a way to get Cole Beasley involved in those quick slot passes. The Patriots, you're right, they do bring blitzers from all angles. They're very reminiscent of the 46 Bears defense from the late 80s, 85, when they won the Super Bowl where Buddy Ryan would dial up defenses and you had no idea who was blitzing, who was staying home and who was dropping back into coverage. I really fully hope that Josh has spent this entire week leading up to the game studying. Now, granted, he could study all the tape he wants and then watch Bill Belichick do no blitz schemes whatsoever and not operate out of the cover zero at all, you know, because that's the way that the wicked witch of New England has done when it comes to his game planning. <laughs> you know, he mixes up <laughs> strategies so clearly that, you know, the obvious becomes uh, the thing that he avoids when it comes to the strategy out there. So it's going to be challenging. It's going to be a tough test. But hopefully the Bills learn a thing or two from their last matchup. I know Josh Allen, even though he's been fumbling the ball a little bit too, has gotten much better and not playing hero ball. And that's why I don't think the Bills are going to try to win this through the air. I think they're going to rely on a much more ground-heavy attack. And that's the benefit of having Devin Singletary back out there. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Ty and Shecky missing another game. It's probably going to be his uh, another absence out there at the right tackle spot. That's going to be huge because the Bills could really use him back out there to provide some protection against a pretty good Patriots pass rush. But I don't know. To me, Jamie, I think the key is going to be um, you really need to just be, you know, score a touchdown early would be great to get some confidence for this team to find Cole Beasley early and often to dominate with the ground game. The Patriots are very vulnerable when it comes to the ground game on defense. I believe they let Joe Mixon go for 135 yards last week, nearly five and a half yards a carry. Um, but that's the one area that the Patriots do seem to be vulnerable is the run defense. So if you can attack the run and get Singletary going early, I think this is going to be a heck of a game on Saturday. Speaking of Titan Secchi, uh, here we are week 16 and he's still inactive after that foot injury. 
What is going on with him? I, I, we haven't really gotten too many updates on that. Are, are they confident that he's going to be available for the playoffs? Is that why he didn't go on IR, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think at this point they've seen enough from Cody Ford to know that he can handle, you know, he, I mean, he's not as good as the veteran I had proven to be when he was on the lineup. But I feel like with the ankle injury, with the way that Nsheki suffered it against the Dolphins, with all of his weight going down there, they realize this is a long play and not for the short term, but for the long term benefits. And I believe he's still listed as questionable uh, for Saturday afternoon's game out there. And I think they're just being really careful and using kid gloves to uh, to their starting right tackle uh, and they're probably going to have a lot of faith that their tight ends can pick up some of the pressure when it comes to uh, the Patriots pass rush, so whether that means Tyler Croft or Lee Smith or Dawson Knox really picking up the slack in the protection game as well. So I don't know. To me, it's a, definitely a big loss. But all that means is there's even more pressure on Mitch Morse and the rest of the offensive linemen, Quentin Spain and John Feliciano included, to really carry the day and uh, and offer up more protection because the more time that Josh has to throw and identify the blitzers, you know, the better this offense is going to be. And I don't know. I look for, again, I, I think this is going to be a low-scoring contest. I don't think you've got two of the top five defenses in the league, you know, meeting up here. And it's going to be exciting because this is the first time again in quite some time. This is the first time since 2008 that the Patriots have not wrapped up the division title by week 16. There's a changing of the guard at play. And I really, I can't wait to watch this game on Saturday afternoon and hopefully see Leslie Frazier continue to flummox Tom Brady because this is now looking like a 42, 43-year-old quarterback and not the villain who has been torching the Bills for the better part of his career. I think, Jamie, let's switch sides of the ball and look at the Patriots when they have the ball on offense. We all know that Brady loves to hit Julian Edelman on those quick routes, those crossing routes, those slant pattern plays. Edelman is not himself. He is definitely nursing a major injury with his knee. You see him struggling to move. He's not as spry as he used to be. So there's an opportunity for New England with rookie Nikhil Harry to really step up. He's a huge receiver, 6'4", 225. He's bigger. He looms larger over all of Buffalo's defensive backs. How big of a threat do you think Harry is going to present when it comes to whether it's Trey White or Kevin Johnson trying to slow him down? Well, you know, it all depends on ball placement. If Brady's feeling accurate on Saturday, if he's feeling accurate, then we're going to see we're going to see those jump balls put up there and Harry come down with a bunch of them. But, you know, it really is is hurting the New England offense that they don't have dominant tight end play. That was a big part of their offense. And it what it really did was hurt the backs coming out of the backfield who always seem to be a thorn in every, everybody's side who plays New England is, you know, they, they struggle covering the backs. Well, that kind of all comes down to the fact that New England does not have an all-world tight end out there anymore. So if you take away their number one receiver, which is Edelman going across the slot, I think that you're going to see you're, you're going to see a guy like Harry bracketed on certain coverages where the throw is going to have to be perfect in order for them to use him the right way. Now, what we know about Tom Brady, he makes a lot of perfect passes, but Harry doesn't scare me the way I, I imagine he would at his height if he were a little bit more experienced. I think he's 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 a he's a good player, but he's still learning how to use that big body, how to box out defensive backs. And, you know, he's not quite the he, he's not Randy Moss out there. Let's let's put it that way. Um, but, you know, when it comes to 
when it comes to stopping their running game, I'm very confident about that because, I mean, Marshall Newhouse is their starting left tackle, I believe. Is that correct, John? That is correct. That's what I thought. He wasn't good enough to make it in Buffalo, yet he's starting over there, and he's been a thorn in Brady's side because he's not doing a very good job of of protecting the left side of the line. I think Buffalo can dominate at the line of scrimmage, and I think they can put some heat on Tom Brady if he holds the ball, which he doesn't do. We're talking about a guy that gets rid of the ball in two seconds or less most of the time when he's playing the Bills. So what do the Bills need to do? Get their hands up in the passing lanes. Be able to read those passing lanes. And if you can't get an immediate pass rush, get your hands up. And obviously, Jamie, you mentioned this before too. James White is one of the most preeminent threats that the Patriots have on offense. He only played 33 snaps in that week four victory, had eight catches for 57 yards. He set up the Patriots' lone offensive touchdown with a 26-yard catch. He is their bread and butter on offense when it comes to catches out of the backfield. That's why it's going to be so huge to see how Matt Milano and the rest of the Bills' linebacking core can keep up. And the Bills have made great strides, I feel like, in their pass coverage from their linebackers, whether it's, you know, Zoe Alexander, Matt Milano, and Tremaine Edmonds, but the pressure is going to be on to make sure that White does not get into a rhythm out of the backfield early. And I really expect the Bills to take the run game defense approach the same way they did against Baltimore. Stay in a base defense, have a lot of different personnel groupings out there where they're shifting. Maybe you employ multiple, you know, five-man fronts along the defensive line, trying to confuse Brady out there and make them think that you know one thing is coming when you're really going to go a different direction but the key is going to be take advantage of the point of attack and have strength in numbers up there to slow down the ground game because the Bills did a pretty good job against Lamar Jackson and Mark Ingram in keeping them and making them look mortal uh, in their loss a couple weeks ago I think the Bills have to do the exact same strategy when it comes to slowing down this Patriots run game, because if they can take away the run game and force Brady to throw the ball 50 times, you know, his arm, I don't think he, he does those short intermediate routes, but he has struggled big time in the deep throws this year. And I think that the bills have an advantage if they can bring the pressure and limit the ground game. The pressure will be vitally important if he holds it for more than two seconds. And that bastard throws the ball quickly. A lot of the times you're hundred percent correct. Now let's get to the uh, the bottom line here, Jamie. When it comes to our thoughts and predictions, how do you feel that the contest is going to play out on Saturday? Man, I feel like this is going to be a really tight game, and I don't see it being much higher scoring than uh, than the last one. I'm going to say that Josh Allen learns from his mistakes of the past, especially in dealing with the cover zero. I I think that what the Bills need to do is show the NFL that they can handle that sort of defense, which is going to take a lot of heat off of them come playoff time. Because like we said, they're going to see that often for the rest of the year and probably all of next year. So Josh Allen comes to life. Buffalo wins this one, 17-14. Wow, I love it. I love the optimism. I love the fact that you're actually uh, picking this team to follow through and get the big victory after their playoff clinching performance in Pittsburgh. I want Jamie so badly to pick Buffalo to win. I feel like they're due. I feel like they're overdue to have a game where they catch you know, the Patriots at the right time and the right opportunity 
I think with Edelman nursing a major injury, you know, he he had two catches for nine yards last week against Cincinnati. He is not the weapon that he has been for the bulk of his career with New England. As long as Josh Allen can take care of the ball and not force the turnovers and not fumble, Devin Singletary is going to make a huge difference in this game. Hopefully the Bills learned a lesson from their special teams blunder in week four and they tighten up punt protection uh, schemes, which allowed a touchdown uh, to be returned for uh, a block punt to be returned for a touchdown the last matchup I feel like everything about this to me I should be concerned because the bills are riding high there's still talks of a division title on the line but for some reason this feels like it's a different team and a different edition of what we're seeing on the field with Buffalo I will also pick the bills against conventional wisdom and against my my brain my heart is overriding me right now I will say Buffalo pulls out a victory by the score of 16 to 13 it's not going to be pretty it's not going to be a high scoring affair at all these are two Super Bowl caliber defenses out there but I will say the bills pull out a win 16 to 13 so if that happens Jamie my god we'll get the holiday seasons off to a great start absolutely sounds like we both picked an ugly slug fest which hey you know what if you're an appreciator of defensive football <laughs> these past two weeks will be your cup of tea huh oh absolutely i mean take the under all day long if you're into that type of uh activity for for recreational purposes only of course here on the podcast (laughs) (laughs) well jamie let's hope our predictions come true of course you can catch all of our thoughts uh win lose or draw here on believe a buffalo bills fan podcast signing off for my colleague jamie d'amico i am john boccasino we'll be back next week talking about how things played out in foxborough 